My name is Swetha. My name is Amanchu. And my name is Sabrina. This is the Bookworms podcast. Our podcast today is about part one of Fahrenheit 451 by uh, Bradbury. A theme for part one of Fahrenheit 451 is the theme of flawed. Whenever someone expects me to be perfect at something, they expect that I don't have a single flaw, and in reality, I'm not perfect at anything. So, like, for me, whenever I, like, help somebody, they would, like, think that um, I'm perfect at everything, but in reality, like, me too, um, I have mistakes that I make. For me, it's just usually that on the outside, I look like I'm, like, the perfect person, like, everybody wants to be me, but inside, like... I have flaws, just like the society in this book. So, in the first part, this book straight away talks about uh, the main character, Guy Montag, who is a firefighter that lives in a dystopian society. Um, in his dystopian society, fire, firefighters burn books in the houses that they were in. Unlike today's society, where uh, firefighters put out fires. Just the opposite. Guy is usually just like your average guy, you know, like the old average person until he meets Clarice McClurney. Clarice brings up interesting observations that make Guy question his morals. And after Clarice disappears mysteriously, Guy decides that he wants to make a change in their society. So, I have a question for you guys. What did you think about, like, the first part of the book? Like, what feelings did it, like, bring up to you? Like, any, like, big realizations or predictions you have for, like, the next part? Like, just, like, what's the overview of this part? Well, something I noticed was, like, right away, I noticed that firefighters burned down houses and books instead of putting fires out like we were used to. And I thought that was dystopian because that's, like, not a normal thing that people would do. Yeah, and, like, building off of you, like, when I, like, heard and saw that uh, this firefighter is burning down uh, books and buildings, that, like, made my mind think, like, something is terribly wrong in society, like, this does not, that's not supposed to happen, like, has society as we know it. So it, bring, it connects back to, like, that society is flawed. Yeah, I agree with that. What do you think about that, Sabrina? I um c- agree with you guys completely. Like this, the beginning of this book, like really made me wonder. Like, what is it with this society? Like everything is so warped and out of control, and it just seems so crazy. Because today we can't like we can't imagine like this being a reality, and it's just crazy. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Ray Bradbury really brings out like the flaws of today's society and even the society back then and he kind of like magnifies them to make us realize what we are actually doing yes and like something to add on is like you can see how terrible like things are but like people living in that society to them it's just normal there's no difference to it at all yeah, and I feel like Ray Bradbury really like brought the reader in with the first sentence. He said, 
it was a pleasure to burn. And you realize, like, in your mind, why would someone think that? And that, like, really draws you into the story. That is an amazing observation. And I have a question for both of you. Chapter one is called The Hearth and the Salamander. Why do you think it's called that? Uh, I actually thought about that when I first opened the book. At first, I didn't know what hearth meant, so I thought it was just like Montag was the hearth, and like Salamander was like what um, Clarice was. Because like Salamanders, you know, they move around, see new things like Clarice does, and Montag, you know, just stays where he is, doesn't do much, he doesn't change at all. So I thought that's what that would mean. Uh, what do you think, Sabrina? Um, I think, like, um, it was, like, called this way, mainly because, one, I think it was trying to, like, grab in the reader, it was, like, trying to, like, bring in some insight to the situation, and what Himanchu just said. Yeah, what I thought it was is, I think Hearth is kind of like a fireplace, and then a salamander is something that symbolizes them on their firefighter uniforms. So I think what it was talking about is kind of like who Guy is because a salamander represents his firefighter uniform and a hearth is like fire and there's a lot of fire discussed in this book. Mm. In relating to fire, I have a question for both of you. The book, like, we as we know it, like, firefighters burn stuff but what if things are already burning that like the firefighters didn't cause cause who would like you know control that fire i think just like i think there'd probably be like two types of firemen or they just let it burn yeah they probably would there's something terribly wrong with society so yeah and they did mention in the book that the houses were fireproofed so i don't know if that would necessarily be a problem Oh, yes, that's a great, yeah, that's a nice observation. Yeah, and on page five, Clarice mentions how people are supposed to be afraid of firefighters. And in today's society, we think about how firefighters help other people, and we're usually not scared of them. In fact, we're pretty proud of them. What do you guys think? I mean, like... It kind of also makes sense that, like, firefighters are something to be scared of because they burn stuff. They're not, like, the helping, caring, kind people they are today. And so, from that perspective, it kind of makes sense that they're uh, scary beings. But really, if you, if they were, like, alive now, it, that kind of, like, disorient us. Yeah, I agree with that. What do you think, Sabrina? To me, I feel like everybody is afraid of the firefighters um, because they're literally the epicenter. They're like the cause of all this fear in the society. They're burning books, and that is seen as like a form of like mass violence against knowledge. And I can see why people would be afraid of them, not because of the fire, but because why they're burning these books. Like, if, if they're showing hate towards these topics of in these books they might get that hate thrown at them and everything will just be shrouded in this big horrible sheet of hate and fear yeah 
I yeah, agree, I agree with, that. with that. Um, so, go ahead, Himanshu. Yeah, so, like, continuing back to, like, the idea that society is flawed, what's something else you guys have noticed that society is, like, ter- like messed up, really, and things have changed quite a bit? Um, well, um oh, you oh. can go ahead, Sabrina. Well, for starters, um... They drain blood out of people. I noticed that. I thought that was very strange and weird and kind of disgusting. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. They do save the people, but they act like they don't care about it at all. And they say that there are so many suicides a day, which makes me wonder if people are actually happy in this society. Yeah, like dystopian fiction means that like on the outside everything's happy and well but like on the inside people are suffering it's not the well heaven place you would imagine and sabrina why do you think that the people in this society aren't happy i think that the people in the society aren't happy again because everything around them is just negativity all of these laws are like forcing them to do things they don't want to do it's the the laws are like lying to them and everything is just shrouded in this layer of negativity yeah Yeah, there's that but there's also like the angle of like you like some people don't even like care anymore like mildred she doesn't really care about anything like from the character that like the character development that ray uh, bradbury has been doing so far mildred is just like a person and she has real no purpose of living yeah i agree with that and mildred by the way is guy's wife and yeah. on page six this is also mentioned when guy is also kind of in that ignorant state before he like fully meets clarice clarice tells him you never stop to think what i've asked you and that shows that people don't really pay attention to the things around them in that society i think that since they never developed like thinking skills i guess because they never seem to think about anything and like um yeah go ahead i'd actually like to make a comment on this i think that like that aspect of the book like reflects on today because um in today we've all seen how like have you ever like had an argument with somebody and they had no regard for what you were saying yes i felt like that before yes i think it's um not as a way to represent the characters but to as but to represent the people around um ray radbury when he was writing this book that's actually a really interesting observation. I've never thought about it like that. So you're saying, like, if I if I heard you right, then, like, Ray Bradbury is kind of saying that in this future society, it's just, like, how it was in the past, uh, like, his time? Pretty much. Uh, well, that's interesting. I've never noticed that. Like, I haven't noticed, I've, I've been noticing, like, how books aren't, uh, aren't as popular like they aren't actually at all but like I haven't noticed that yeah and I think it's an important thing that you notice that because um as we do know this book was actually made a long time ago so he didn't have access to like computers like we do now and I think it's interesting that he actually predicted all of this before it even happened yeah 
Yeah. So. Um, what do you guys think about the Addie's monologue? Well, I partially, like, I kind of, like, agree with him, but not really. What are the reasons that you do agree with him? Um, I agree with him that school can be, like, very detrimental emotionally, but I don't think that, like, school should be, like, taken out of the subject. And I do agree with, like, the aspects of things that he mentioned, because, again, there were a lot of references to, like, today, to, like, actual society, not just the book society, because the part where BD was saying, oh, um, everything is, like, packed down into, like, this one, like, tiny little space, I think that would be, like, today's social media and things like that, and there was even something about burning certain topics, and, like, burning certain topics of books, and, like, censoring these things from the public, and, um, the first thing I thought when I read that was cancel culture. Yeah, and I, what, what do you mean by cancel culture? Oh, um, it's basically where people, um, quote-unquote, cancel things that they find offensive. So basically, like, if, if, let's say I'm, like, the ruler of some nation, then I'd be like, um, I don't like this book. I don't like it. I'm just going to cancel it. No one can read it forever. Cancel that? Okay. So it would kind of be like banning a book in a school or a library. Yes, but banning, like, people or things. Oh, that's kind of harsh. Yeah, it is. And, like, back to the school thing you were saying, Sabrina, but, like, I I, I think that canceling school, there's a much more, uh, a bigger, like, you know, reason behind it than just, like, uh, detrimentalness, because school is more, like, you, in school you have to think, right? And thinking can lead to ideas, which is dangerous in a dystopian society or any, like, dictatorship or whatever. So I think it's more of, like, people shouldn't rise against the government, and so what's the best way to stop that? Well, if they if they aren't educated, then, yeah, they, they, doesn't have, they can't do it. Yeah, I do agree with that. They ultimately take away their privilege of curiosity by not letting them ask questions and giving them enough information to stop asking questions. Like, for example, they tell, Beati talks about how they don't talk to the children about, like, psychology and things that can um, produce, like, controversy between people. But they do give them kind of, like, useless information so that they have no questions about what else to talk about. Because controversy can lead to thinking, which leads to ideas and downfall of, like, you know, dictatorship and stuff. Yeah. Um, again, i just like to say that this could also, like, possibly be a reference to the society that Ray Bradbury was living in, because um, people hate arguments, you know? So I was just thinking, if they had a lot of work, then they would try to avoid controversy. Yeah, and I do agree with that. And that brings me to a point where Beati thinks that doing all of this will make all of society happy. And what do you think about that, Himanshu? Um, 
So, like, I th- in their society, no one's really that happy. Like, I think happy is just all of a disguise between... Because they don't... I, nobody thinks, so they don't... I'm pretty sure that they don't know what they're actually feeling. Just like how Montag uh, didn't know if he was happy or not. Yeah, I do agree with that. They're, um, they have this, like, mir- kind of, like, mirage that they're in a happy society and they live happily and they can get basically anything that they want or need. But, yeah, I agree with that. Mirage was a very good word. Yeah, and they don't actually have the fulfillments that they need in order to let the society grow. What do you think about that, Sabrina? Um, I agree with you guys completely. And, yeah. Oh. Well, okay. This is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Bookworms podcast. And we're signing off.